he talked about the spirit of truth. This week I'm talking about perfect love. We picked out this one in light of Mother's Day because as a mother, although it's, it was called, I think it was called like something mess or love mess or I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's kind of funny because I'm sure moms who have their coffees and have like everything else in their arms and their coffee spills and, you know, they're trying to do their best to love their kids and this is kind of just a good, a good mess, a good picture of what, what it feels like to be a mom. I don't know what that feels like, but I do appreciate our moms. I do appreciate my mom and everyone, all the moms that are in here and that are watching online. But in light of that, we're talking about a perfect love. And John hits this topic. He actually repeats it himself several times. If you've ever read John or know who John is, he writes about love a ton. And so it, when he repeats this, you f- do you think it would be important to listen in if he repeated himself about love? Okay, let me ask the parents. If you repeat yourself, if a mom, okay, or a dad, if you repeat yourself to your kids and you tell them something, do you think, do you think it's probably pretty important that they listen? Okay, I'll just leave that there. <laughs> uh, not saying anything that you should listen to me or anything, but listen to what he's saying to, through the word, amen? All right, there's two things that I want to uh, highlight in here that John talks about that that impacts our relationship, not only with people, but impacts our relationship with God. And there's two things that, that we, how we live our lives, two things that lead us. So knowingly or not knowingly, we either do things out of fear or out of love. And my question today is which one leads you? Now I'm going to jump to the end and already give you the the awesome story ending, our solution. John's going to tell us, hey, this is the answer, uh, and we're going to be good. This is it right here, okay? So our author, John, he gives a solution. It's found in 1 John. If you want to turn your Bible or turn your digital copy to 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 to 21, he gives us this answer here. He says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love. Everybody say perfect love. Cast out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Now, this perfect love that is described in this scripture is an agape love. It's a supernatural love that comes from God. It doesn't come from man. God is the source, and he's the one that knows how to give it, okay? And so, what does it do? The Bible says it casts out or it throws out fear, okay? So, so how do we know that I'm not living in fear. How do I know that fear's not leading me? John gave us the answer. Perfect love casts out all fear. So if I want the solution, I need to understand how do I experience this perfect love that John's talking about here? So that's my question to you today. How do we know we are being perfected by God's love? You can think about that. I'm gonna gonna pray and we'll get started and we'll dive into our scripture. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, that perfect love, this agape love that you talk about. It doesn't come from us, but it comes from you. And Lord, I just pray that you would give us eyes to see, minds to understand, hearts to be open to receive, God, whatever your spirit is speaking to your people, God. God, would you lead us? God, would you show us? Would you remind us of your love that you've always had for your people? And God, would you help us to see a new side of who you are? Speak to us today. In Jesus' name, everybody said Amen. All right, if you have your copy, you can follow along. I'm going to go ahead and just go through the whole scripture here. It's kind of a lot. 
John, if you don't know John, he kind of jumps around everywhere. I kind of tend to, tend to do that sometimes too. I'm going to try not to, okay? <laughs> but so studying this was like, dude, John, stay on one point. Come on, dude. Like, I'm having a hard time studying here what you're trying to say. Okay, but I'm going to read it all the way through, and then I'm going to break it down. Sound good? All right. Verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world, so that way we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son to the, the preparation for our sins. I'll be corrected if I didn't say that right. I'm sure somebody will correct me. Um, but anyways, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hey, there's a hint. Uh, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. That was a lot of abiding. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in, in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he loved us. He first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he does not know, he does not know, does not love his brother whom he, I'm sorry, for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Amen? All right. I'm going to break it down here, okay? And if, if you look at 7 to 8, um, verses 7 to 8, I'm going to break down kind of my first point, but I'm going to talk about John as the author first. John, uh, Pastor Ben probably mentioned this before, he's our eyewitness. He has an eyewitness account of Jesus' life. And so when he's talking from here, he's not necessarily referring to Old Testament scriptures. He's more so referring to an experience that he's literally experienced, okay? And so he's, and if you read through the gospel of John, not First John, but John's gospel, Pastor Prim probably also mentioned this, I was just listening in on, on John, the thing that he really cues in on in, is this idea of believing in God and his word. And this is really important because you'll see people who, who didn't believe in God were probably living their lives out of fear. And so believing in God and his word is important. And not just hearing, John didn't just hear the word of God, but he saw the word of God in action. And so believing, and this is going to tie in, okay? So this is going to tie into the point of my first point here. So I'm not even in the scripture yet, but um, this is going to be important um, to our first uh, our first point here. Believing, or in other words, trusting in God's word is also associated 
with our fellowship or our time spent with God. I'm going to give you an illustration to better help you understand why believing is important, okay? So it's Mother's Day, right? So how did we know our mothers loved us? Anybody? No? Cared for us, okay? Yeah, they did things, okay? They showed it. But I'll tell you what, my mom said it. She said it, but then she lived it. She shared her words. She encouraged. She supported. I'm not saying every mom or everybody doesn't have the best mom, okay, or doesn't have a perfect mom. I'm just saying that a a mom or a parent, when they share their words, when they encourage us, they support us, when they love us, and it doesn't just stop there, but they spend time with us. They they take time to take us to sports or to other activities, okay, or to cook and to clean and to do all these other things. That's showing that, hey, that they love us, but not only that, but we can also say that they had fellowship with us daily. Would you agree? They're like, oh, you can come back home. You can come back into my house where I pay the bill, or me and my husband pay the bills, or whatever the case is, okay, where I take care of you, okay? Even in the midst of their busy and stressful lives, they loved us unconditionally. And so what did that cause us to do? Well, that, for me, it caused me to naturally believe or trust that my parents, not only because of just their words, but because they spent time with me daily. Daily. It helped me to believe, to trust them, okay? I needed to hear their words, but I also needed to see their actions, okay? This is important, okay? Do you know that we can fellowship with God daily in everything that we do? Did you know that? Did you know, I'm sure, my mom wanted to, she had four kids, four kids, so she couldn't be at every event, but she wanted to be at every event, <laughs> but couldn't. Did you know our, God's spirit, his Holy Spirit yearns to spend time with you, to be with you? Did you know that your parents might not always be with you in each moment, or your mom might not always be there in each moment, but one's always with you? Did you know that just like you were born into a family to be loved by them and know them, that God desires us to know him and his love for us? That hits on our first point here, that God, that who, whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And that's what, that's what God is, he's t- that's what John is talking about here, that just like we were born into a family to be loved and to know them, God desires that same very thing with with us, to know him and to know his love for us. And so that brings me to my first point, perfect love. If we want to be perfected or know we're being perfected by God's love and experiencing his love for us, it's got to be time spent with him daily. Perfect love flows from our fellowship with God. Just like when when we see our moms take care of us. And we hear their words. And we see their actions. That's the same with God. We got to be in his word. Okay, God, what do you say? Because you got to realize there's an enemy that's going to try to tell you elsewise. He's going to try to, his tactic is fear. And this is what John's talking about, okay? So if we don't believe in God's word, then there's something else that's going to lead you. Which is it? Fear or love? Well, I'm telling you for me, (laughs) I want God's perfect love. And so the, I'm not saying you got to be perfect. And I read my Bible every single day. 
Andy, I checked off the checklist. No, I'm just saying that you're doing your best to spend time with him in everything that you do, in his word, and in your workplace, everywhere you go. At home, it's daily. Amen? All right, this is where John rambles. I was trying to find a point here. So this next thing I want to cue in on is what did God do? What did God do? What did God do for us, okay, in light of his perfect love? What did he do? I know that's a kind of a broad question. You're like, well, God did a lot of things, Andy. In light of this scripture and, and showing, okay, we're, if we're talking about perfect love and talking about God's perfect love for us, what did he do to show his perfect love to us? Come on. What's his name? Come on. His, that's where it starts. God revealed his love. He was like, I'm not staying in heaven. I got I to gotta send my son. I got to show this perfect love to you. Okay, this is the only thing that's going to make you right with me. And so I'm willing to give up everything to send my son Jesus to reveal God the Father's love. So how do we see God the Father's love? Through what? Not your question. Believing in Jesus. Come on, this idea of believing in God and his word. Believing that Jesus, that he died on the cross to save us from what? Sins, death. And what did he want to give us? Life. That's what it says. That's what John's talking about. So that way we might live. What? So what was the consequences of our sin? You guys mentioned it before. Death. Okay. And so God didn't want us to experience that. And so John 3.16 says that if God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever, whoever what? Believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This, I'm telling you, this topic, this idea of believe, it's tied into understanding God's perfect love. And it's revealed through Jesus. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us. So there was nothing that we could do to necessarily experience God's perfect love. It had to be everything that he did for us through Jesus Christ, his son, that we would be made right with him. And this is what John's trying to, to, trying to help us to realize that, hey, it starts with Jesus, and it continues with Jesus, and it'll always be Jesus who connects you with the Father. Let's find out what the next thing, okay? So you see that, that in, in verses 9 right there, Verses 9, in this love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. He sent his son to be the preparation for our sins. Oh, but before that, sorry, in verse 9. In this, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. That's what I was mentioning, that God revealed his love through Jesus. But he didn't just stop there, okay? He didn't just give us Jesus, but he gave us something else. What did he give us? Holy Spirit, man, you guys are pros over here. I'm going to have you preach the word. Um, just kidding. <laughs> but no, yes, in, in light of that, too, if you read further down, further down in verse 13, it says this, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. So what am I saying here? God's given us his spirit to lead us to Jesus. 
Corinthians also talks about that. You can't claim that Jesus is the Christ, that he's the Lord, that he's the Savior, that he's the Son of God. He's the Messiah without the Holy Spirit. So God's given us Jesus to restore our relationship with the Father. Okay, this is, what's God, this is what God's done. But he's also given us the Holy Spirit to lead us back to Jesus and to testify of what the Father did. Does that make sense? I'm going to give you an illustration here to help you understand uh, what God did for us. Has anybody ever heard the parable of the unmerciful servant? Matthew? That's okay. Um, there's a, mast, uh, a master, okay, and Jesus is telling, Jesus is telling his disciples, and he's, he, he, there's a servant, okay, and this, is, this servant is known as the unmerciful servant. I'm not going to go into the whole story yet because it's going to tie into my next point too, but the servant owes a debt that he can't pay. It would take his life and then some. He wouldn't be able to live long enough to pay it. Did you realize that that was your sin and my sin? That we owe that same payment to God to be restored in right relationship and experience life? And we can't even raise ourselves back to life. God's the only one that can do that. So but that's the payment. We have an unpayable payment. And the master is a just master, according to how Jesus is describing him. And he says, all right, pay what you owe. What does the servant do? Have mercy on me, please. And what, is, what does the master do? He has mercy. He forgives him. In other words, he loves him. So his forgiveness and his love are, are, are tied into each other. In order to, to see what God did, you have to understand that he, had, he was a just, God is a just God, and he will, he, everyone's going to have to pay a payment. And that's, that's our sin. sin. The consequence of sin is death. But he's, a, he's also a merciful God, and he revealed that, that through Jesus Christ. He said, no, 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 you don't, you don't have to carry that. I'll carry that. I put that on my cross. I died on, 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 to save, save you from my sins, from your sins. Even Jesus, who knew no death or knew no sin, bore, bore our sin. To save us from that. So that's what God did for you and I. He paid an unpayable debt. And that is important that you internalize that personally. That you allow God to reveal how much he has done for you. Through Jesus Christ, his son. And so that brings me to my next point. Perfect love is anchored not in anything that we did. We couldn't make ourselves righteous. We couldn't make ourselves holy. We couldn't make ourselves right with God. Perfect love is anchored in what God did. So if you want to experience perfect love, it's got to be, I'm going to spend time in my word. I'm going to spend time with God. You can come with me in everything that I do. I want to fellowship with you daily. But not only that, God, I want to remember what you did in that cross for me. I want to remember that you didn't just give me Jesus, but you gave me the Holy Spirit. So how do we continue to, to remember what God did for us? Do you guys know this thing called communion? <laughs> it's, it's not, I mean, yeah, it kind of seems like religious, but it's more to remember, to reflect what God did. Just like Mother's Day, just to remember, to reflect. Think about all the th- wonderful things that your mom did for you. And to thank them. The second thing is to thank God daily for his son, Jesus Christ, not only that, not, not, not just Jesus. Jesus has made us right with the Father. 
But it's his Holy Spirit that's led us to Jesus. It's his Holy Spirit that the reason why you're watching online or you're here in person. Those are two things that we can remember or continue to know or remind ourselves what God did for us. So perfect love flows from our fellowship with God and perfect love is anchored in what God did. How else do we know that we're being perfected by God's love? Okay, so that, those two points focused on God. They focused on who he was, who he is, what he did, his perfect love. But God doesn't want to just stop with what he did. He doesn't want to just to stay there. This is where all the rambling, like I said, uh, comes from John. I, I have several scriptures I'm going to go over um, that John mentions instructing fellow believers. Okay? Verse 7, 1 John, God, or John's saying, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Okay, keep that in mind. 11 to 12. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. Okay, you got that in mind? Now, 19 through 21. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hate his brother, John's pretty straightforward. He just calls you out and says you're a liar. For he does he who does not he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So what is John instructing us to do? Well, same thing that Jesus told him to do. Love God, love one another. In John, in, in, in verse, verse 11 to 12, he says, hey, man, if God so loved us, John is understanding this idea of love, of believing in his love and his word and seeing it in action and personalizing, internalizing it. He has seen this perfect love, okay, and he's allowed this to impact his life, okay. He, he says that we, it should compel us to love one another. It should move us to love one another. So my question to you, what's the test of our fellowship with God or our sonship with God? What's, what's the test of, uh, of truly knowing that we're, having, we're being perfected by daily fellowship with God, but we're also remembering what he did? What's the test? Love. Love is. What am, I, what am I saying? How we choose to love one another, that's going to reveal whether we know God's love and what he's done for us. That's what John's getting at. And John says this, and I don't think he says it in a hurtful way. I think he's doing it out of love because usually if your parents love you, they're going to have a hard conversation with you. And it's not because they're mad at you. They might be, but they love you more importantly. And they want to show you and help you to do the right thing. And so John addresses this. He says, hey, if you say you love God, but you hate your brother, you're a liar. You're lying. So what is John saying? Well, he's saying loving God and loving fellow believers, they're inseparable. The cross isn't just an up and down. Can you imagine Jesus just being up and down, uh, being nailed to a, uh, a post just like that? Could have been. I don't think it's a coincidence. It was our relationship with him 
but our relationship with our fellow believers. And Jesus is our prime example of that. So we have to understand the source of love, what God did, and that is evident by how we love others. So, okay, what's the problem? What holds us back from loving others? John addressed it. Hate. Which could lead back to sin. But it could also lead back to bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment, maybe even hurt. Are those, are those things that make up God's character? No. So what's the thing that drives hate? So John's saying, hey, if you hate somebody, you're, you're not allowing God's perfect love to, to lead you. Hate's leading you. Fear's leading you. Here's the, the rest of this parable to give you a better illustration. The unmerciful servant who was paid, his debt was paid completely. Couldn't pay it back. Couldn't do anything to be made right. He should have been in prison for the rest of his life and died in prison. But the master forgave him. So he goes off, and he's like, this guy owes me some money. Aren't we the same way with un- in, in light of unforgiveness or hate? Do you know what that person did to me? Do you know what they said to me or what they didn't say to me? Do you know how they treated me? Do you know what they owe me? They, they, they deserve to say, I'm sorry to me. They deserve to tell me what they did wrong and make it right. Don't we feel that way? You don't have to answer that. <laughs> um, and so the unmerciful servant, he says, pay back what you owe. And he doesn't because he doesn't have it with him. But he says, give me time. He asks for mercy, give me time. And this amount that he owes isn't nearly as much as what he's been for, the other merciful, unmerciful servant has been forgiven of. doesn't even compare. Now, what am I saying? I'm not saying that the hurt that you went through, the hurt that was caused to you, that doesn't compare. But there's one that understands that hurt better than anyone. It's the master. And so this unmerciful servant, he he doesn't even give him a chance. But he throws him in prison until he can pay it back. Everybody hears about this. What do you think the master does? He brings the unmerciful servant before him with the guards. And he's like, okay, you understood that I was a just God, that, I, that, that I'm a just master, and I'm going to do what's right. But how come you didn't understand that I was a merciful God? How come you allowed your hate, your, the thing that was leading you to become bigger or more of a focus than what I had forgiven you of? See, that's the thing that whatever we focus on, whatever we allow to lead us, hate, fear, that's going to that's gonna drive us. And you see that this, this unmerciful servant, that drove him. He didn't realize and internalize all that he had been forgiven of. And so he didn't realize that God was really merciful. I mean, yeah, he had been forgiven, but he didn't really take that in and personalize that. Did you realize that God's love was manifested through the forgiveness of sins. 
that God couldn't show his love completely to us without forgiving us too of the wrong that we committed. My encouragement to you, I don't know what you guys are going through, but God doesn't. I'm going to allow his perfect love to speak to you and him to speak to you. I don't, I have my own stuff that I have to, to deal with. I, I deal with people just like you. <laughs> Not saying that I have any unforgiveness towards you guys, but my question to you today is, will you allow God's love to be manifested through you? And my encouragement is, don't allow the hate, the fear to lead you just like this unmerciful servant did. Because the consequence, the master looks to that unmerciful servant and he says, well, because you didn't forgive, because you weren't merciful, I'm not going to be merciful to you. And this is what Jesus says, that how the Father will treat all of us. That if you can't forgive, then I can't forgive you. And the consequences is hell. Eternity spent time without him. Wow, Pastor Andy, this is a great way to close your service. I don't want you to get so focused and caught up on the fear that's been leading you. God's came. He, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He came so that way you could be free. He came to show you his love. I don't want you to get so caught up on the hate or the fear that's leading you if there's any unforgiveness, any hate. But I want to encourage you. And my third point, perfect love is manifested in us as believers when we love fellow believers. And that means those that have probably wronged us. Perfect love flows from our fellowship with God. Perfect love is anchored in what God did. And perfect love is manifested in us when we love our fellow believers. If you're watching online, if you're here in person, and you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you you're like, well, I've never been born of God, Andy. I've, I've been born into a family. I didn't really get to choose, but I feel the, you feel the Holy Spirit maybe nudging you. I mean, like I said, I don't think it's a coincidence that you're here, you're watching online. I believe you, if, if you want to have a relationship and believe what Jesus did, that he is your Lord, that he's your Savior, that he died on the cross to save you from your sins, I want everybody to pray this prayer as an encouragement to those that, are doing it for the first time. And if the Holy Spirit's nudging you to accept Jesus as, as your Lord, as your Savior, that he died on the cross to save you from your sins, but he did that so that way you can live as well. If you want to believe in him as your Lord, as your Savior, with everybody's heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around, I just want to encourage you, if you're praying this for the first time, just to mean it with your whole heart. It's not anything in the prayer. It's in your heart that you're giving to God. So everybody Repeat this after me. Dear God, please forgive me of my sins. Thank you for giving us Jesus to die on the cross to save me from my sins. And we thank you that you've drawn us close to you by your Holy Spirit. And right now, we declare that you are Lord and that you are Savior. And we give you our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen, amen. Uh, I'm going to come back. Uh, if our worship team can come forward. I'm going to come back. But things, if, and, and by the way, if you accepted Jesus, 
If you believed in Jesus, it says in the Bible that he gives you the right to become his children. God the Father gives you the right to become children of God, believing in Jesus. And that's awesome because all of heaven is celebrating that. And if you took that first step, that's awesome. Don't let it stop there. Allow God's perfect love, allow it to continue as it flows from fellowship with him, as it's anchored in what he did, as it's perfected and manifested when you love other believers. And if you're here today and you're a fellow believer, I don't have to know the hurt that maybe somebody wronged you on. But I want to encourage you to give that to God, to surrender that to him, to let it go, to forgive And allow God to truly show you his perfect love. Because John was just saying, hey, I want you to experience this perfect love. But you got to let go of the hate. You got to let go of the unforgiveness. You got to forgive. And so I want to encourage you to allow God to speak to you. Allow his love to speak to you as we go into a time of worship. And I'll come back and pray for us. Amen. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You've been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you
God, we thank you that no matter, no matter what we're at, no matter what we choose, whether we choose to follow you or not, God, it says in your word, God, that there will be nothing that will separate us from your love for us. No height, no depth, no past, no pain. God, nothing will ever separate us from your love for us. And we thank you, God, that it's you that gives us the grace the empowerment from the Holy Spirit to forgive when it's hard to forgive. Those that have hurt us, those that have wronged us. And I thank you that you understand each of us and what each of us is going through. And Lord, I just pray that you would help us to reflect and be led by your perfect love this week. And not just this week, but as we continue to live our lives, God, help us to spend time with you daily to remember what you did and to love one another just as you did. And we just thank you right now and we love you in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Happy Mother's Day.